1: Everybody and welcome to another edition of Dynasty Straycast Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline.ag. All right, uh, it's another another week and uh, the combine is in the books, Dan. Uh, so we were kind of recording mid-combine last week, so we we talked some measurements. But, you know, the, the sexy stuff, the stuff people like to talk about, the 40s, the three cones, the, the verticals, all those things, those happened since the last time we recorded. So we'll, we'll break down some of, of the latest, uh, you know, combine stuff and how it impacts
2: uh, rookie values. That is absolutely right. But before we do that, we are going to talk about our friends over at BetOnline.ag March has officially arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament that you all know I can't say the name of. Make sure to head over to Bet Online and open an account today. Get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right. I said it. $100,000 and March 15th. That's your day. I mean, that's that's hundred dollars You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. With multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, BetOnline is a place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for your 50% sign-up bonus online, your online sports book experts.
1: Alright, so let's get into some of the combine movers. Alright, so let's let's look here real quick. And oh, actually, before we get into the combine movers, let's talk real quickly a couple of the NFL notes. AJ Bouye traded from the Jaguars to the Broncos, and that kind of was the signal for some reason for people that the Jags are now going to try try to trade Nick Foles. Uh, I'm not sure why it took trading AJ Boye for that news to come out, but you know, I feel like that's been obvious, you know, pretty much since mid-season. And you mentioned it before we started recording that you think it would basically take a Brock Osweiler type situation, like trading Foles and a pick in order for a team to take on that contract. I also think that for some reason, like the Twitter thinks that the Jaguars somehow going to get a draft pick out of it. I doubt that. I doubt they're even going to get someone to take on Foles without paying a hefty premium. So. Uh, I I, ha- I have Nick Foles in a kitchen sink league on a zero year contract. Tell me why I should or shouldn't RFA or tag
2: him. I mean, it and for those of you not you know not knowing what kitchen sink is, it's a big contract league with all sorts of Debbie and all sorts of different things, super flex. Um, but. I think the move there is probably just to use a franchise tag on him just in case. I don't think you're going to get any sort of return for the RFA or, uh, you know, whatever you're not going to get. And and why would you match at that point? So if you can have him for the year, see if he does get moved, see if any of those things, those types of things happen. But a lot of people do seem to think that the Jags are going to get something for him. The only way they're going to be able to move him is to move like a third or a fourth with that hideously awful contract to a QB needy team that has tons of cap space. It's bad all around. Yes, we know Nick Foles. Trust me, Eagles fans, we know Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring. We all get it. We all know he's your favorite. Um, but it's just it's another one of those bad quarterback contracts after, you know, one random outcome that just became a big thing, and I, I just don't see it in the cards for Foles to be a starter, but NFL teams have made really bad moves in the past. They'll continue to make really bad moves. I could see him being a bridge for someone like Miami, who maybe is going to go for to try to fill out the rest of the roster and tank for Trevor Lawrence in 2021. That is all still in the cards. That Nick Foles could be in play there. They're going to have the space to go do it, and they're not trying to win. So, that is one of the places if they can pick up an extra pick, that would make sense. Outside of that, honestly, you know, no one really has that glaring hole that they can fill with an overpriced quarterback who isn't going to be on the team next year.
1: Yeah, and this is such a veteran heavy QB market. And like if you really wanted to go down the overpaying a veteran via a trade market, you could go to Joe Flacco. Like there's yep. there's so many avenues to overpay a old washed up quarterback that I don't see uh, the Foles contract being getting rid of, which basically means that the Jaguars are probably stuck with Minshew for the short term. Some people have talked about maybe Brady to Jacksonville or even them investing an in early round pick. I don't see that happening with both Minshew and falls on the roster.
2: Mariota Jacksonville to, to battle it out with Minshew.
1: That wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad little spot there. All right. Uh, Speaking of free agency, uh, we have a restricted free agent who obviously got in a little bit of trouble earlier in the off season uh, with getting arrested or not arrested. He was pulled over for, for uh, I think speeding and then he had weed on him, but didn't get arrested for it and no charges were filed. So, you know, some people were panicking on Hunt, and I mean, I've even seen hyperbole like he's never going to play football again. I think that's a bit ridiculous, especially with no charges being filed. I've kind of always been like, oh, I'll wait and see on, on him. Um, has the buy low window on Hunt slammed shut here, or do you think it still exists? I don't
2: think I don't think it's slammed shut. I think there's still an opportunity. I think there's always that lingering, you know, what-if factor or uh, for, to make it, you know, to keep it simple, stupid – If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. We've got multiple off-the-field things at this point. Obviously, the weed and the speeding. You know, weed's whatever. Speeding, not smart, but it happens. Who cares? Nowhere near the kicking of the lady in the hotel. But here we are. So that's always going to be there, and I think that's always going to lead to a discount with Kareem Hunt. But now, I think with all of the charges being dropped or, or never, I guess being filed even uh, we are really looking at a, a better market for cream hunt, I think. And I think this bodes well, I think this bodes well for the Browns because they're most likely going to get, going to get some draft capital for him because I do think that there's going to be a good enough market where anyone's going to, you know, there's probably going to be four or five teams that put in an offer and they're just going to take whatever pick is best. I could see, you know, Obviously with the draft being really, you know, there's, there's a lot of good running backs in the draft. I could see a draft day move or, or something, you know, maybe they, maybe they sign him back to whatever, you know, they, they match whatever offer he's, he's gotten. If they don't want to move him for the draft pick. And then if a team misses out on their running back, they make a move for him. Uh, obviously Cleveland doesn't need him. He'd be a luxury, but getting, I mean, I think it's a second or third round tender, right? if, I guess they they get to choose. No, they, right? they
1: they determine the tender.
2: Okay, I would imagine it's to be like a third, maybe a fourth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert in that field whatsoever, but uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine that that the Browns are gonna be happy to get any sort of compensation for Hunt, not because they think he's a bad player, but because he's an unnecessary asset for their team. Right. All right, so we'll start us off with wide receiver Denzel Mims. I feel like he's the guy who. Was uh, started off in a bit of you know probably a mid to late second possibly even a third round pick uh, you know all the way up until the combine but now I've seen that he I think his ADP is around 201 uh, according to Ryan McDowell I I've, I mm-hmm. like Mims obviously 6'3", 208 it's a nice size for a receiver four three four three eight forty but I am always a little bit wary of these guys that we don't classify as you know nfl wide receiver ones or you know guys who we expect to pick in the top 15 of a rookie draft and then as soon as they run fast with a big body we rocket them right up the board
2: right and and you've got the notorious backing of baylor being attached and we all know how the baylor wide receivers have turned out in the last what 15 years been pretty good pretty solid go look it back at a few baylor wide receivers that were hot in the fantasy community hasn't hasn't been great but yeah, I mean, he did he did everything you would want someone to do at the combine. He he showed up, he ran way fast, and I thought he was gonna run at 38, at 38 and a half vertical, and and the broad was big. The three cone, you know, six, six that's pretty sick. But then we go back and we look does it does it match the tape? Are these things that we see him doing on the field? And one of the big things for a bigger guy is the ability to separate and uh, that's been it's become a really really big uh, more popular thing i think within the fantasy community as people are getting better and getting smarter and actually putting in the time to learn about what it takes and and what who does what better and what wins and where these fantasy points are actually coming from and guys that can separate or run really good or at least average uh, you know above average routes are more often than not going to be playing that 50-50 ball game and we think about those types of guys, in, in, I mean, when you think of a 50-50 ball and you think of the best in the game, who immediately comes to your mind? Julio. Right. Is Denzel Mims Julio? No. <laughs> right. So you kind of have to really temper your, your expectations. And, and he, to me, profiles as maybe like a red zone threat. I I want, to, I want him to be more than that because he is an explosive athlete and he has the size to be able to do things, but he's not a good route runner. He really doesn't have very good hands. And for what he's supposed to be good at this contested catch, because he he lacks separation, he's not really very good. He's actually notoriously pretty poor in contested catch rate. So this one's a tough one for me. I think I, I want to like him. I really do because of the athletic profile. But I think it's going to be a full avoid. I, I was struggling where to put him, writing down just a couple, you know, a full wide receiver list, trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do this this draft season, and and I really couldn't find a comfortable spot to, to put him in. So unless I'm getting a really good late second, early third type value, I, I'm probably just avoiding. I, there's no way I'm going early second. And he's going to slide into the first, I think. He he
1: was on in. He was drafted in some Debbie leagues, so would your advice be to to sell him in those formats
2: right now? Yeah, I think if you can get an early two, uh, I would do it with you know, and probably not an early two. Probably have to be a late one uh, in a Debbie league, depending on depth. But yeah, I, I think just in generally speaking, if you can get that that early early to mid second valuation, um, I think you can turn it into something a little bit stronger.
1: And I. I, I would have to obviously look at some of the mock drafts that are going on right now, but I honestly haven't really seen Mims being drafted as a day, day one or two pick. And I obviously he'll probably end up in that day two range in most mocks right now, but he still has in the range of outcomes of being a day three pick. And if so, that's obviously a huge negative indicator for him. So I, I'm a being a bit cautious with Mims and I'm certainly going to be shopping my Devi share that I do have. All right, let's move on to our next guy and it's going to be, jonathan taylor uh he is uh, a decently sized human 510 206 <laughs> pounds uh runs much bigger than that and runs at four three nine forty. definitely a little bit faster than i think most expected i obviously some of his hot, biggest advocates were like oh he's in the four threes easy but you know at, at his size you don't really see that quite as often uh so definitely a huge day for him i think that his, his 40 and, you know, his combine in general and a lack of like a wow factor from, from DeAndre Swift kind of puts him at the 101 uh, in rookie drafts right now. Do you disagree at all?
2: No, I, I think you pre-combine could have made a, a, a case for a 1A, 1B with Swift and Taylor. Um, but, uh, you know, post-combine here, looking back and, and just kind of watching what each guy did, I think it only solidified Taylor as as the RB1 in this class. Everything matches up. The tape obviously is phenomenal. The athletic profile is really damn good. And it's hard to not like just about everything he brings to the table outside of maybe some, you know, receiving chops. That's, that's really the only thing I look for him to grow and, and get better is, you know, as a pass catcher. But we've, we've kind of seen, you know, over the last few years, some guys do it without the – you know, the receiving prowess, we have Josh Jacobs, we had Derrick Henry, you know, we've got um, Sony Michelle had a nice season. Uh, even guys like Marlon Mack are, are able to put up really usable fantasy seasons and maintain some decent value. And then you, you know, bring in the fact that Taylor's probably going to be a day one pick, if not early day two. And he's likely going to end up in a spot where he's going to be fed and fed a lot. And I'm guessing he'll probably get a little bit of work in the passing game. Um, It wouldn't completely shock me if he's paired up with, you know, kind of a dynamic pass catching guy. But I I feel like Taylor can do most all of it. Yeah, I I think he's locked in as 101 in RB1. I don't think there's really any questioning that.
1: Yeah, and the only argument would be in Superflex possibly going Burrow. Right. (laughs) But but yeah, I, I think that... As of now, unless Swift goes significantly higher or significantly better situation, then I think Taylor is the RB1 one and 101. All right, we move on to our next guy, the guy who pretty much everyone has locked into a position change, and that's Chase Claypool, listed at wide receiver. But many believe that his next stop is at tight end at 6'4", 238 pounds. I do think his 40 time kind of suggested that maybe he, you know, could just be a wide receiver at four four two, But I do think that oh, at the very least, his NFL team will look to try him at tight end, and we'll see how that goes. You know, at the end of the day, you have to decide, okay, is he going to be a tight end, or is he going to be an Evan Ingram tight end? And then, I don't know, Roto World slash MFL can handle it, you know, however they, they see fit. But certainly, if he's going to be a tight end, it'll be more of an Evan Ingram one than an Albert Oko- Okunum, you know, tight end.
2: Albert, oh, I think is, is what he's going by. <laughs> Um, yeah, Clay, Claypool is an interesting one because, you know, we see all the comparisons with the big numbers and, you know, just a monster of a human. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate him as like a big slot or moving to that tight end spot. But we get back to, you know, kind of the not not exactly the same as Denzel Mims, but kind of along those lines. He's not a great pass catcher. He, he, a lot, honestly, a lot like kind of the past Notre Dame guys. Just, I mean, explosive, great athletes. And just kind of don't know if they're gonna catch it or not. That's a little bit what I get from Claypool. obviously, big, strong dude that I think that's most important. I think if he does end up moving to tight end, he'll gain significant value uh, because I don't think he he lasts or really produces as a quote unquote wide receiver. He could be one of those guys that gets like a you know a wide receiver slash tight end tag. I could see him being used that way, uh, even though we don't really see MFL putting those dual tags on guys. But yeah, I, I think I think like a, a poor man's Evan Ingram is is basically what we're looking at here. We'll see if if he decides or a team decides that he's more usable as a tight end. I feel like he's a good enough blocker to to make that move, but you know he's going to be used as a as a big athletic guy rather than. Being lined up as an extra tackle, so uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I think it'll again depend on a little bit where he goes and, and what the team decides his position is going to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, my one red flag in terms of why I don't, I'm not falling in love with him as a prospect. Late career breakout. Uh, You know, he, he was a senior, got his first 1,000 yard season, 13 touchdowns as a senior at Notre Dame. Uh, his previous high was 639 his junior season. So. Um, obviously not my prototypical guy that I target and a possible position change isn't always the best thing. Obviously, there's players that have benefited from it, but if you're having to change positions and you're transitioning to the NFL, it might be a longer transition, especially tight end, which always takes longer. For sure. All right, let's move on to our next guy, and it's guy I just alluded to, Albert uh, O.K., (laughs) 6'6", 258. Uh, Albert has basically spent the last nine months being absolutely destroyed by the draft community destroyed by the Debbie community. Like this guy looks like he's running with rocks in his shoes. This guy looks like he can't (laughs) do anything. And then he runs a four four nine forty. Uh, and so do you have hopes of seeing what we saw in 2018 from Albert? Or do you think the Albert in 2019 has ruined us?
2: This is another one of those guys where you go back and you look at it and think, Does that profile match that tape? Because it certainly doesn't. Running with rocks in his shoes is is pretty hilarious because when he runs, it looks like he's focused on his feet when he's actually playing football. He he looks like he's, okay, I have to put this foot here and then that foot there, and then I got to do this with my right foot. He, He looks like he's so consumed with trying to get it right that he nixes all of his athletic ability. And I think he could potentially grow out of that. Those are things you can learn, but he's got to figure out how to use it. You know what I mean? It, it can't just be all right, run this route, run it a thousand times until you figure it out. It, he, he's, he's not a natural route runner. I would hardly call him a natural pass catcher. but seeing that he has that athletic ability, I mean he's a project. he's not going to be a day one a day one producer. I think in tight end premium leagues, he's he might end up getting a little bit too expensive, but I think if you can get him for cheap and you've got roster space, deeper rosters, he's going to be a nice stash because I think he can turn into a decent tight end. He's got to yeah. learn a lot, though. Yeah,
1: the the negative would, would be that his this combine slash probably paired with a, a day two draft pick is going to make his price more expensive than a stash guy. It's going to be a, a guy that you're hoping to, I mean, and obviously every tight end draft pick is kind of, you know what you're getting, but it is a project with, with, with Albert. O. so yeah, I, I still like him and I, I, I it renewed my, my, you know, like for him uh, with, with the combine and, to, you know, hope that it can turn into something, but I do think it's, it might take some time.
2: And this is one of the guys, you know, we always talk about like a third and fourth year breakout for tight ends. This is one of the ones where you go shopping after his sophomore season when he doesn't produce again, maybe it's like 20 catches for like 300 yards or something, whatever it happens to be. Um, That's when you go and and start shopping. Don't, don't blow those big um, draft picks that you can use for good production or more upside. the the tight ends that are relatively raw and need a lot of tweaking uh, are the guys that you go after after a couple of years when we can kind of see them make those steps and then get in line into a productive role.
1: All right, let's move on to our final, uh, not the final, but our next wide receiver, and it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Uh, He's a guy who weighed in a bit heavier than i expected you know he, he is a bit of a skinny guy but he weighed in at 202 pounds 6 pounds, 202 pounds and then when he weighed in at 202 i was like okay is that going to affect his speed is are we not going to see what we saw with joe burrow in last season and at least according to the 40 time we we, we saw what we saw on the field we saw 4, 4 340 37 half 37 half inch vertical so I, I had some pause with Jefferson because I was, you know, worried about about the size a little bit. Not worried about the size anymore. Um, so I, I think that he has himself pretty much locked in into probably a f- late first, early second round NFL draft pick and a late first rookie draft pick.
2: Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. I think Justin Jefferson's probably my biggest riser. The the weight obviously was a was a big contributing factor to that because he didn't look like 200, not even close, and still having that speed is is massive. One of the one of the guys that I think got some of the better hands uh, in this class, and I think he's a good enough route runner that his speed and and now obviously his size are are just kind of all kind of start to work together, and, and i you know he he can get a little bit better in his route running, but I, I don't think it's it's something that's a hindrance. I don't think it's what everybody saw with like DK Metcalf is like, Oh, he runs one route. No, Justin Jefferson is a good route runner. He, he's not amazing. You know, he's not Jerry Judy, but he's good. And I think the size checking in at that size and getting all the buzz, I think he's going to move up and he's going to get some decent draft capital and uh, see if you were going to go for the Denzel Mims type, this is the guy we should be looking at in those types of spots. Not what Mims was doing, but Justin Jefferson, because he's got the profile and and I think he's got the production that matches everything a lot better than what Mims does, uh, because his tape and and athletic profile makes sense. And I, I think he's going to have I think he's going to have some decent draft capital there.
1: And we'll close out with a trio of wide receivers who did not run, who I think were pretty heavily affected by their Lack of running. Uh, it's KJ Hamler. Uh, we talked about him last week, saying that 178 number at the weight was not good, and that he had to run a fast 40 to make up for it. And he didn't run his 40, which means that he wasn't going to run fast enough to make up for the lack of weight. Uh, obviously, he'll he'll run the 40 at his pro day, and he'll probably weigh a few more pounds at his pro day as well. T Higgins. This one was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, he didn't run his 40. I'm not as concerned with him. I think that he's legitimately really good wide receiver and that you know maybe he was just a hair under the time that he wanted to and also we talked about a little bit uh before the show about how they changed the, the prime time 40 times and i think that that's causing some agents to be like hey like you know running the 40 at 7:30 p.m is not the optimal time to be doing so so i'm just gonna have my guy sit down so obviously that could be a factor and then tyler johnson one of the biggest losers of the weekend because he didn't do anything and he didn't do anything because he's afraid that it's going to hurt his already low draft stock.
2: Yeah, I guess going back from the start, the KJ Hamler, I I never really understood the the intrigue. Obviously, you know, uh, the small explosive playmakers started to make the, the rounds. Everybody's looking for that next guy. And you see like the Tavon Austin comp. Honestly, I think I'd rather have Tavon Austin now than KJ Hamler at all. He's not I mean he's not a hands catcher. he's a body catcher. he's a crap route runner. I mean, you need a lot of those things to be effective and useful in the NFL. Obviously the speed he's gonna be able to get behind the defense, but if you can't catch the ball or you're you know you're gonna try to catch it catch it with your chest and allow the safety or the corner to catch up. I mean it's I just i don't I don't understand the intrigue with him. T Higgins. I mean, I think I could have had a legitimate argument about him being, you know, the wide receiver one in this class or one, two. Now he's probably three or four for me by not partaking. Not that it's that big of a deal. Uh, I think he's got some of the best tape, obviously having Justin Ross to work aside from him and Trevor Lawrence is uh, pretty important and playing in the ACC against mostly trash competition helps. But T. Higgins was one of the big, uh, I mean, big-time guys coming out of the high school, five-star, I believe. Uh, that, might, that might be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure he was a five-star. He was highly touted, hot Debbie commodity coming out, and never has taken a step backwards. He's just kind of consistently done his thing. And uh, he, he, to me, of this group, I, I think could be a legit uh, superstar. And Tyler Johnson, somebody you have liked, for quite a bit obviously being in Minnesota getting to watch him every Saturday has has been somewhat of a treat because he's just he, he's polished. He's not going to wow you with athleticism or speed. He's a good route runner. He catches absolutely everything and he's been productive in a somewhat difficult Big 10 where it's kind of tough to be productive. Uh, Big 10s known as a as a running conference and to have Tyler Johnson and, and Rashad Bateman And, you know, those guys in what's not really been a big passing offense to put up the numbers they've been putting up. I mean, that means something. So I I think Tyler Johnson is going to be one of the bigger sleepers. He was talked about quite a bit. Uh, I know there was a lot of guys that that had him as top four, five, six for, you know, during the college season, obviously injuries and not partaking in the combine, turning down the shrine game invite, then not getting invited to the senior bowl. His pro day is going to mean a lot, but he might have the best tape in the nation, and and that's that's not hyperbole. His tape is legitimately unreal.
1: Yeah, that's obviously that'll be the the big argument for you know the tape guys, especially ones that don't really rely on draft capital quite as much. So yeah, I mean I'll take a flyer on Johnson. We ends up being a mid third, late third round rookie draft pick, but. Yeah, I've definitely softened my stance on him because I I thought he had a chance to be you know top five top six rookie draft pick this year. Same, yeah,
2: I, I was right there with you. We've we've had that conversation. Yep. All right. Uh,
1: before we get into our game, we have a game that I, I I wrote up for for the fellas. Before we get into that, let you know about Rotaviz. Rotaviz.com/slash/radio. Get a ten percent discount to Rotaviz NFL Pass. Get access to all of our content and tools and support the podcast. It's great. You can get everything you need for your Fantasy Ball needs Dynasty, Redraft, uh, even DFS when it comes to the season starting. So uh, get involved with that. We're at radio and uh, you get a 10% discount. All right. So, uh, Dan, as an avid uh, Bachelor viewer, you know that uh, next Monday night is the Bachelor season finale, or it might even be Tuesday. I think it's a two night finale. Um, so, in preparation for that, I have prepared an episode of Dynasty Bachelor. Uh, we have played Dynasty Bachelor, I think, exactly once with uh, both Eric Bertzlaff and Eric Dickens on the podcast. That's right. Um, and uh, so it made more sense with four people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I will do is I will serve the role of all all three bachelors and you have to choose uh, which one uh, is the hottest commodity. Uh, the, the way this is done, I have three players and I will I have two random facts about each player. And Dan will do his best to uh, decipher which would be the best option.
2: Is there a theme to this?
1: Yes. And you'll know after the first one.
2: Okay.
1: I'm not sure how the voice will go, but so basically <laughs> when you're making your choices, just, just say the stat that you want. Basically. I will start by saying this, this is quarterbacks.
3: Okay.
1: Hello, Dan. I ran for 2,237 yards in college And I threw two interceptions in 2019. Oh, hey, Dan. My AYA dropped three whole yards between my sophomore and junior season. I threw for 8,600 yards in college. I graduate, transferred to an SEC school for my final college season. I'm 6'5", 222 pounds.
2: Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, number one, did you by chance transfer at all during your your, comp- your college career? I, d- I did not. Okay. Number two, could you go over your stats one more time? My AYA
1: dropped three whole yards between my sophomore and junior season. I threw for 8,600 yards in college.
2: What conference did you play in?
1: I don't even know a non big
2: five. All right. So you probably, uh, you probably didn't test very well. Uh, All right. Number three, you transferred to the SEC. Did you by chance win a bowl game this year?
1: I have no idea. You're asking too many complicated questions. I don't think I did though.
2: I don't think I have any interest in number three, unfortunately, so I'll have to – I think it's between one and two. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of of rushing quarterbacks, and while originally I thought maybe you were Jalen Hurts, I think you might be better than that. Hmm, but you also might be Lynn Bowden. Uh, I'm going to go with bachelor number one.
1: You chose Marcus Mariota. Yes! (laughs) Uh, Your choices were Marcus Mariota, the rushing yards in college, Jordan Love dropped three hole AYA yards, and Uh, KJ Costello transferred to an SEC uh, school.
2: Well, at least I knew I didn't want KJ Costello. That's what I was trying to figure out. (laughs) The last one seemed seemed, uh, too good. Uh they're too bad to you know to have any any option. I thought the first one was gonna be was gonna be love for a second. Did he not rush for that much in college?
1: I mean, I don't think so. Huh. but
2: could wrong. Oh, I'm okay. I'm a Mariota
1: guy. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. I rushed for three thousand four hundred and six yards in my freshman and junior season combined. I was number four in my rival's recruiting class. I averaged (laughs) 6.3 yards per carry in college. I had more rushing yards in my rookie season than in year one, I mean year two and year three combined.
3: I was a three star (laughs) prospect. 21% of my yards in 2019 came through the air.
2: (laughs) All right, I was sorry I was a little thrown off by Bachelor number three. Um, bachelor number one – sorry, I'm, I'm I'm all hot and bothered now after Bachelor three. Uh, bachelor number one, could you just very quickly go back over those numbers?
1: 3,406 yards in freshman and junior season combined, number four in Rivals recruiting class.
2: Are you still in college? Or are, you, are you coming into the draft
1: this year? I'm not sure if I should answer this, but I, I am entering the draft this year.
2: Okay. Bachelor number two, you mentioned your NFL stats, I believe. Is that correct?
1: I said I had more rushing yards in my rookie season than in year two and three
2: combined. Were you drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft?
1: I think so. Pretty sure.
2: All right. Bachelor number three. In that lovely accent, could I grab those stats just once more?
3: I was a three-star prospect, and 21% of my yards in 2019 came through the air.
2: Interesting. Number two sounds like sounds like you've had some injury troubles, or possibly someone took your job. You haven't been in the league that long. You might have been Sony Michelle, but I don't think you're Sony Michelle. Number three, you sound like my cup of tea. But number one sounds pretty enticing. I went number one last round. I think I'm gonna go bachelor number one this round as well. You chose JK Dobbins. Eh, I'm okay with that.
1: And um any guesses for the other two?
2: So number two is not Sony Michelle because he hasn't played that long. Uh going into his fourth season. Yeah. I don't know, I'm blanking. Kareem Hunt. Oh, well, yeah. I suppose that'd be, be difficult to get more than... Uh, number three, coming into the NFL? Nope. Already an NFL player? Nope. In 20? College. Oh, <clears throat> so this is just a college player that's not entering the NFL draft. Correct. Uh, You're not going to get it.
1: It, it. It's Brees Hall.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Iowa State running back. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: All right, next one, wide receivers. I was the number six ranked wide receiver in my recruiting class. I played high school football with a quarterback who played the NFC South in 2019. 23, (laughs) wait, 23, I can't even read. 13% of my yards in 2018 came on the ground. I averaged 20.8 yards per punt return
3: in my final college season. I was the number 12 ranked wide receiver in my recruiting class, and I am 6'1", 200 pounds.
2: Uh, Number three, are are you currently in the NFL, or will you be joining us this season?
3: I'm still in college. I got to do my my textbooks.
2: (laughs) got to do my textbooks. All right, Cardale. Number one, you were sixth ranked in your recruiting class. Did you play in the SEC? Yes. And bachelor number two, you played with an NFC South
1: quarterback? No, no, no. That, That's still number one.
2: Oh, that was number one.
1: Number two, can, can you repeat? 13% of my yards in 2018 came on the ground, and I averaged 20.8 yards per punt return in my final
3: college season.
2: Hmm. I'd rather like that. I have no idea who number three is going to be. It could be Jamar Chase. I don't know where he was ranked as far as uh, coming out of high school goes. I don't recall it being super intriguing. One sounds like it's a setup. Two, Two sounds like it could be like A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel. You know what? Just just because because I haven't picked the Debbie player yet. Let's let's go with bachelor number three.
1: You chose Jamar
2: Chase. Yes. (laughs) That's all I had to go off. was I I didn't recall his his uh, class ranking being super high. I thought he was like 10.
1: And uh, the players that you passed on were bachelor number one was Amari Cooper.
2: I'm totally fine with that. Do you
1: do you know who he played with in high school?
2: Uh, NFC South. Who's in the NFC South? No, I don't. Teddy. Oh, that's right.
1: And the, and the rushing yards was Jalen Rager.
2: Oh, okay. I had the first two flippity-flopped.
1: And we will end with the tight end position. I almost, I actually didn't write this the first time I went through this, and I wrote it right before the show. <laughs> All right. Batch number one. I averaged 14.1 yards per catch in 2019. I attended Bishop Gorman High School. I had 11 receiving touchdowns as a true freshman. I had a 90 percentile dominator rating in college.
3: I had 937 college career receiving yards. I was a third-round NFL draft pick.
2: All right. Bachelor number one. You went to Bishop Gorman. Is that right? Yes. Okay, well, that doesn't tell me anything at all, but...
1: It's like uh, the number one high school football team that's not in Miami.
2: <laughs> okay. Are you currently in college? Yes. And I would assume you will be uh, attending college this semester.
1: I, I, I'll I be going to practice. That's all I got to say.
2: You're going to practice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number two. Could you re- quickly just repeat your 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 mentions there?
1: Eleven receiving touchdowns as a true freshman. Ninety percentile Dominator rating in college.
2: And you'll be joining us this year yes. in the NFL. Ninetieth mm-hmm. percentile, huh? Eleven touchdowns as a freshman. Okay, bachelor number three. Since you are currently in the NFL. Did you mention how many seasons you've played?
3: I, I believe four.
2: So you're due for a contract here shortly. Aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> um. Okay, well, Bachelor number one, I feel like I know who you are and i think you may it makes you more intriguing than bachelor number 2 so bachelor number 2 i unfortunately don't have to excuse you uh, just quickly bachelor number 3 could you go back over your stats i had 937 college
1: career receiving yards and i was a third round nfl draft pick
2: i'm going to go with bachelor number 3 you chose Austin Hooper. I figured it was Austin Hooper.
1: Yeah, I mean the the contract question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was my guess. And um, number one, uh, uh, Miami kid, right? Yes, Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan. Uh, number two, who caught 11 touchdowns as a freshman? I should probably know that, but this tight end class is such milk toast that I had no idea. It's Albert. Oh, it is Albert. O. Interesting. I didn't realize he caught 11. I guess that's why people were intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) That will do it. I didn't do too, too horribly. I don't think I picked any
1: of the turds. No, I, the last time we did this, I had we had like Trent Richardson and like Tatum Bell or something. I think uh, I got only turds the last time we played this. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that was fun. I, I don't remember us doing. I, I like the questions. Granted, like you have to be like prepared for the questions. Right. But I think that the questions make it a more intriguing game.
2: I do too. I, I do too. I think we'll have to work on your uh, maybe some of your voices, some or, characters, or just mean, yes, to actually be able to talk. <laughs> also true. Also true.
1: All right. That'll wrap up this episode. Hopefully uh, my accents didn't make you unsubscribe and uh, well, delete, your, <laughs> delete your podcast app. Um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, be sure to uh, rate, review, uh, and subscribe. And uh, go to rotavis.com radio to get a 10% discount. And betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Uh, any last words, uh, Dan?
2: Uh, I'm just excited I didn't pick any turds in Bachelor.
1: There you go. Unfortunately, uh, Pilot Pete did. (laughs) (laughs) Kadoosh!
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?